0: This podcast is brought to you by the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities. It boosts our economy. It creates jobs. It even powers space travel. It's nuclear energy. And it does so much more than you think. Discover all nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash CQ.
1: From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington... This is the Budget Tracker Extra podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government spend your money. House Republicans patted themselves on the back last week for passing all their annual spending bills before the start of the new fiscal year on October 1st, but the so-called omnibus package stands no chance of becoming law. Meanwhile, pressure is building in Congress to raise the spending caps that have slowed budget work for months or to abolish the caps altogether. And lawmakers are still trying to figure out how much to cut taxes and whether to pay for them. I'm David Lerman, the CQ Budget Tracker Editor. And with me today is Jennifer Shutt, who covers the appropriations process for CQ. And Jennifer, House leaders were crowing last week after passing their omnibus bill that would fund the entire government for the upcoming fiscal year. But you've reported the bill is mostly a charade. Why is that?
2: So the House version of the omnibus package would be about $1.23 trillion in discretionary spending in fiscal 2018. That legislation, it's the amount of defense spending in that legislation breaks the Budget Control Act caps, meaning that if it were to become law, it would trigger those across-the-board spending cuts known as sequester, and instead of actually increasing defense spending and including a pay raise for the troops, it would actually do the exact opposite. So the legislation isn't going to gain the needed support in the Senate where they still have the 60 vote threshold for legislative bills. And it's unlikely that Republicans would actually want this to become law, given those spending levels and what would actually happen if this package were to become law.
1: And there's plenty in there for Democrats to hate and never vote for anyway, right?
2: Correct. There's a lot of conservative policy writers, which, of course, the Republican House loved that was in this package. Um, But Democrats in the Senate would never go for those
1: including Trump's border wall.
2: Right. The the House Homeland Security Bill included $1.57 billion for for uh, three separate sections of the border wall to begin construction, although from my understanding, one of those sections would be replacing an existing barrier.
1: Now, the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee was really proud of this bill, Rodney Frelinghuysen, and he said that the omnibus was on time and on budget. Is it really?
2: So on time, yes, they passed, the House technically passed all 12 of their spending bills before the start of the new fiscal year which will come on october 1st but Um, without enough time to ever become law that way
1: by october 1st
2: correct because the senate is not going to take up this package on budget it's a bit of a trickier issue obviously on budget he i think he's referring to the house budget resolution numbers there the house had 621 billion for defense discretionary spending and 511 billion for non-defense discretionary spending and the House Appropriations Committee matched those numbers. So in that sense, it's on budget in the sense that...
1: Except Congress has yet to approve a budget resolution.
2: Right. That has not received... That received unanimous Republican support and passed out of committee, but it has not received a House floor vote. Um, and what I think Freeland Heisen was referring to there is is the House budget resolution. When it comes to the budget control at CAPS, it's most definitely not on budget
1: So by all accounts, the real spending package will come in December after they reach a bipartisan budget deal that raises spending caps that were imposed by a 2011 deficit-cutting law. Why are the caps such a problem now?
2: So the caps have been a problem for Republicans and Democrats alike since the BCA became – Law in it's the 20- Budget Control Act. Yeah, yeah, the Budget Control Act became law in 2011. We have a two-year agreement from 2013 and another two-year agreement from 2015 to increase those caps. But returning to fiscal 2018, we're going to see a return to the BCA spending caps, which means there would be a $5 billion cut compared to fiscal 2017. That is a problem for anyone who's a defense hawk and anyone who cares about Non-defense discretionary spending. So both parties want to see those caps increased. It's just the way in which they want to see those caps increase is, differs greatly.
1: Yeah. Now, you, you said you they've worked around the problem in the past by crafting these two-year budget deals that temporarily raise the caps. But now you reported last week that there's a desire now to do more than that. What do they hope to do now?
2: Yeah, so the Budget Control Act extends through the end of fiscal 2021. That's roughly four more fiscal years. There's a lot of conversation right now about how they're going to raise the caps for the upcoming fiscal year. A little bit of conversation about another two-year agreement. But there's a lot of conversation among Rep- Republican and Democratic appropriators about just doing a four-year deal, just addressing these caps through the end. Um, Republicans particularly want to give the Department of Defense more certainty about what their funding levels will be. We have a lot of national security issues that are coming up right now, and we've seen a lot of defense hawks in Congress want more certainty for the Department of Defense and defense contractors. Democrats, of course, want parity between any increases in defense spending and non-defense discretionary spending. Um, and we heard from House Democratic Whip Denny Hoyer, this last week that they would like to, when they are negotiating these funding levels, that they would like to essentially do away with the BCA through the rest of its existence.
1: Just abolish the caps, you mean?
2: Or reach an agreement to raise the caps for the next four fiscal years. They want something a bit more longer term than another two-year agreement.
1: But how much pushback would there be to that idea?
2: Uh, We've heard from some conservatives, some fiscal hawks, that they would like to come back to address the BCA spending levels at least one more time before they run out at the end of fiscal 2021. So there could be some conservative pushback.
1: And so when does that battle come to a head?
2: It could come to a head at any point in the next few months. Right now we have that stopgap spending bill that funds the government temporarily through December 8th. So they need to do something with funding levels again before December 8th. What that is remains to be seen. There aren't any serious negotiations going on right now.
0: And now more from our sponsor, the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities and towns across the country. It creates jobs. It adds billions to the economy. It even powers space travel. Life as we know it wouldn't be life as we know it without it. And it's called nuclear energy. Yes, nuclear energy. Every day, nuclear energy helps us to keep our country running and moving forward. Discover all the things nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash CQ. Nuclear. Power the Extraordinary.
1: But we may have a separate showdown in October now over tax cuts and a budget blueprint. Now, what's that fight about now?
2: So obviously, one of Republicans' huge legislative goals is to overhaul the nation's tax code. And in order to do that, they need to adopt a fiscal 2018 budget resolution setting up those reconciliation instructions. Reconciliation instructions don't matter so much for the House, but they do matter in the Senate because instead of getting that 60-vote legislative threshold to to limit debate, they only need 51. They need that simple majority. And so if they adopt a budget resolution, they can get those instructions and start moving their their tax package forward.
1: And there's been talk of that budget resolution for months, and it seems to keep getting delayed. Now, what's the hang up on that?
2: So on the House side, they marked up their budget resolution and Republicans themselves unanimously passed it out of committee, but it hasn't headed to the House floor yet because we've heard from the the far-right Freedom Caucus in the House that they want to see a detailed tax policy outline before going forward with the budget resolution. There's a lot of apprehension about what happened the last round with repeal and replace of the Affordable Care Act. They did the budget first, and then they moved on to the policy issues for reconciliation, and it didn't go so well. There are a lot of stops and starts, a lot of ongoing public debate. It didn't the Republican Party didn't come out looking especially wonderful. So we've heard from conservatives that they want sort of the policy to become to come before the budget resolution this time so that Republicans get on the same page and that once they adopt that budget resolution and send reconciliation instructions to the committee, tax overhaul can move forward quickly, they hope by the end of this year.
1: So they want to see those tax details first, but they're also concerned about how much entitlements will be cut in this budget package, right? Yes. So that's another whole battle to get a budget resolution to the floor is an agreement on how much you're actually going to cut entitlements over 10 years. Yes. So that's no small task either. So when do you think we see floor action on a budget resolution and how big a fight is that going to be?
2: We heard from House Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady, who is one of the the big six spearheading this tax overhaul effort. That the goal right now is to release a consensus document the week of September 25th. Um, and after that, they want to move on to the budget resolution. It sounds like the timeline right now is to have the House and Senate adopt their budget resolutions by mid October.
1: Okay. Meanwhile, President Trump keeps hinting he hopes to work with Democrats on a tax plan. Which could avoid the need for reconciliation and avoid the need for a budget resolution, but how likely is it that a bipartisan tax plan comes together?
2: It's unlikely at this point in time. President Trump has held meetings at the White House with moderate Democrats in both the Senate and the House, um, and he's talked about with repeatedly with uh, Senate Democratic Leader Charles Schumer and House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi. Uh, which I'm sure all of our followers have read about repeatedly. Um, But it doesn't seem likely at this point that they're going to get a bipartisan tax package. Republicans in the House and Senate seem very adamant that they want to move this through reconciliation, which indicates it's going to be more of a Republican tax overhaul than a bipartisan tax overhaul.
1: So we're in for a very busy few months, and CQ will be covering it all. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date on all things budget by reading your daily CQ Budget newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.